uh, talk about faith versus sight. Uh, I said we were going to be in Hebrews, but uh, tonight we're going to leave Hebrews just for uh, this lesson and uh, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. And I want us to see a great principle. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7, very uh, short verse. I think we could all memorize it probably right here and now. Uh, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Got that down? Uh, well, we need not only memorize it, but we need to live it. Uh, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, in talking about this text, uh, we shall, without pretending to go into it fully, speak first of all about uh, some things uh, concerning the posture, and then some principles, and then a caution uh, that's implied here. And we're not really looking at the context as such, but uh, we're not going to take it out of context either. Notice, first of all, uh, as we're talking about walking by faith, the posture mentioned, the posture mentioned. Uh, says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. First of all, there's an uh, implies possession. It implies possession. Possession of what? Well, possession of life. Paul's speaking of believers. Uh, he's not talking about uh, unbelievers. Uh, you know, a dead man, I guess, can made, uh, be made to sit in a certain position. You can put a, uh, not that we do this, or, you know, we, we don't like to think about it, but you can put a dead man and make him sit up there, uh, but it's pretty hard to make him stand. And uh, uh, even to walk would even be impossible. Uh, to walk necessitates the possession of inward life. So do you have the life of God within you? An ungodly man does not walk at all. He goes after his own lusts and his way of flesh, and in a spiritual sense, a stranger to walking until God quickens him, makes him alive, and there must be first an inward life before there can be an outward sign of it. So the posture indicates or implies possession. Secondly, it signifies activity. Now, one of the uh, wonderful blessings of the Christian life is that of meditation. Meditation is good. Sitting at the Master's feet like Mary did. Uh, not just to learn, but to practice not simply as a scholar, but uh, having been taught as scholars. We show our scholarship by working. And there's a time for sitting, but there's also a time for walking. You know, prayer is a vitally important. But there's also a time to get up from prayer and work. Uh, we walk, and this apply, implies activity. Uh, and... Uh, uh, we could say that there's little attention to the legs and all to the head. It's not good because if a child grows too fast, we say, well, that child has a problem. Uh, I know as a boy, I grew faster than my body would want me to. I've also got a 13-year-old grandson who's now six foot three, and he's, uh, he's growing a little faster than he probably should, but he's, he's getting up there. He looks down upon me now. But uh, doctrine is important, but so are precepts. And, 
And we would say inward experience, yes, but there must be an outward experience of walking. So there's an activity uh, that it signifies. Thirdly, it also implies progress. Progress means uh, making some headway, moving ahead. Uh, uh, when we get saved, maybe at first we take baby steps. But then we need to grow. We need to make some progress. In Ephesians 5 and verse 1, it says, Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saint. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving thanks. You see, all these things really are characteristics of an unbeliever, and those are things we need to get out of as we, uh, as we uh, get saved, and as we begin to grow in the Lord, uh, those things begin to uh, not be a part of our, our lives. And I know some people say they get saved, and boy, they quit cussing right then. Well, praise the Lord. Some people get saved and said, I stopped drinking, I stopped smoking, I stopped doing this. And that's great. That doesn't happen for everybody. But all these things, he says, are characteristics that should not be a part of the Christian life. And he goes on to verse 5 and says, For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, nor who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ or of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be, there, be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk, walk as children of the light. Uh, we're not just satisfied with being in the way. We desire to walk in the way. Uh, God uh, does not say to us, this is the way, and then stop. He says, this is the way, walk in it. You know, we always want to make advance, uh, advances in our lives. Uh, we're going to go from faith to its, uh, from its beginning to faith in its perfections, in its maturity. From faith to assurance, from assurance to full assurance. And from there we can go uh, to full assurance of the hope of the full assurance of understanding. Always moving forward getting stronger and stronger as we go. Walking implies progress, and a genuine Christian, when he's in a healthy state, may truthfully say, we walk, we walk. It also implies perseverance. When a man goes along a step, or maybe two steps, and then he uh, falls back and returns, uh, you know, we don't really call that walking, uh, but we need to keep moving forward. Keep moving onward and upward. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 11. Not that I speak of respect of want. Oops, that's chapter 4. Let me get to chapter 3, uh, verse 11. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I have already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I have apprehended, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have, to have, 
have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we make progress and we persevere in, the, in so doing. And then we're activated by faith. Uh, in an ordinary, customary actions of life, we are activate, activated by faith. Walking is a common way of moving. Uh, in the scripture, we read of men who, by faith, uh, did great exploits. Now, this is a very great thing to do. And some Christians are always fixing on their, their eyes on some exploits of faith. Uh, that man has not yet learned that true spirit of Christianity, Christianity who's always saying, you know, I can preach a sermon by faith. Yes, but can you do your job by faith? Uh, I can distribute tracts and visit the sick by faith. Yes, but can you cook your dinner by faith? Uh, I mean, can you perform the common actions of a household or the daily duties of your job, uh, uh, which you have in the spirit of faith? Says so This is what the apostle is talking about. He doesn't speak about... Uh, running or jumping or fighting talks about walking. You know, that's just a, a, it may be slow, slower than running, but it can be steady. He means it to tell you that the ordinary life of a Christian is different from the life of another person, and that he has, you have to learn to introduce faith into everything we do. In other words, we walk by faith. Walking is something we do every day. And uh, we, we sum it all up, and the whole Christian life is implied in this term, walk. And it's influenced by the principle of faith, which we are now about to speak of. So let's look at two principles contrasted here. There is a walking by faith, and there is a walking by sight. Now most people... In fact, all people naturally walk by sight. Uh, you know, we're thankful for uh, being able to see. It, it, when you walk, uh, uh, just try to walk someplace with your eyes closed. See how, how many things you run into. Uh, you're you'd be thankful for your sight. And naturally, we walk by sight. The world says, uh, seeing is believing. And they're supposed to be wise when they say that. Seeing is believing. And they trust people as far as they can see them, but no further. Worldly wisdom is to see everything for yourself and do not be taken in. Do not be led by the nose by anybody, but follow your own understanding. Uh, it's called self-reliance. Uh, that's the name of their principle. The best thing a man can do is have Faith in himself, they would say. Uh, they would say, know things for yourself. Look after the main, uh, main, uh, the main thing, and that's look after yourself. Look for number one. Uh, they would also say, make money. Make it honestly if you can, and honorably if possible. But if you can't, then uh, by hook or by crook, make some money. Take care of number one. This is the world's... Uh, way of thinking. Now, a Christian is just the opposite. He says, uh, I don't care about looking after things that are seen or that are temporal. 
uh, that are phantoms or shadows. The things that are not seen influence me because they are eternal. They endure, they remain, they abide. And therefore, they affect uh, a creature which is, has learned that it has not mortality alone, but immortality. And who, expecting to live forever, therefore seeks for things which will be like his own existence. So the Christian says, trust in the Lord. Lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And what will happen? He will direct your path. Now since the world thinks itself very wise for holding on to everything it can, and they think the Christian is a fool for giving up what he can't, uh, can see and for what he cannot see, uh, and, and that's a contradic contradiction to the world's proverb. You know, the world's proverb is, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. That's worldly thinking. Well, let's see where the wisdom of this matter is and where it's not. I want you to see these two principles in contrast. First of all, living by sight is childish. We notice that work, walking by sight is a very childish thing. Uh, any child can walk by sight, and a fool can too. Uh, we know how a child feels when it looks at a mountain, perhaps, or some great, uh, great big uh, thing. You know, say, wow, that's big. And we've probably felt that way whenever we've gone to uh, a, a place where there are some high mountains. Have you ever been to the Rocky Mountains? Sure you have. <laughs> and uh, you, uh, you see those, and you, you, you kind of say, wow. That's impressive, you know. And uh, so we, we look at those things, but that's really uh, a kind of a childish thing in a sense. A child always judges everything by what he sees. Uh, you give a child a number of coin, coins. Now, if those coins are counterfeit, well, he's just still pleased to have them because he doesn't care if they're real money or not. You know, a little child, you give him some play money. And it's, it's kind of fun to have some play money. Now, what if you give uh, uh, him a dime? Well, uh, and then when he's a, uh, yet a youngster, you give him a, a dime, and then you say, give me that dime and I'll give you a nickel. Well, for a child, he says, wow, the nickel's bigger than a dime, isn't it? See, they're walking by sight. They're saying they don't have a, a grasp of of the value of the coin. He judges it by sight. You see, it's a childish principle. When a man grows up, he no longer judges so much by sight. He's learned that great many things in this world, and he's discovered that his eyes may, not, may be mistaken at times. Now, a child might say, wow, how quickly the stars move, uh, how fast the moon moves through the clouds. A man says, no, it's, it's, it's not the moon that's moving, it's the clouds that are moving. Okay? The child says, the sun rises in the morning and sets in the evening, and he admires that. But a man knows that the sun does not move, but it's the earth that is moving. And he believes this, and this is a, a, a in a certain degree, he has faith, because he can't see the world move. Have you ever seen the world move? No, but we've seen... The sun come up, and we've seen it set, and we think, wow, the, the sun is really moving. 
No, we're moving. And so it's a very mature thing to believe something that you cannot see. And even common philosophy, uh, in co common philosophy, it's, it's that way. Now, a child might sit at home in Wisconsin, uh, like I did at one time in Kansas. And they might say, like I said, oh, this is the whole world. This is all there is. I used to think I'd never get out of Kansas. Well, here I am. You know, but what about the rest of the world where our missionaries are? What if our missionaries had to stay uh, home and had not gone to, say, the Ukraine or to South America or to Israel or to Peru or to wherever our missionaries are serving? What if they'd never gone there? What if they just stayed right in their home state? See, what is it about man that we did not believe? Uh, what about the man who didn't believe that the world was flat? Uh, he thought the world was round, and there was another part of it. And they said, you're a fool. And he said, fool or not, I believe it. And Columbus stood up, head and shoulders taller than the rest of the fellows, and he got a few to go with him, and he started a company of fools. And they called... What, and they were, that's what they were called. They're a company of fools. Could they see that the world was round? No, but they believed it. See, living by sight is childish, but living by faith is that of maturity. And that's our next point. Living by faith is maturity. Now, a Christian is to be a, a mature person. A mature man. Now, if I say man in a scriptural sense of the term, he's become full grown man in Christ Jesus. And while the world uh, says, well, this is all the world, let us eat and drink, and to for tomorrow we die, let us make money and spend it and enjoy ourselves because that's all there is in this world. The Christian says, no, there's got to be something else in this world. And I'm sure there must be another, uh, another land beyond the sea. So I... I'm going to loose my anchor. I'm going to turn my helm. I'm going to try to find it. And I will leave this world to you, children, and I'll seek another and a more heavenly one. So the principle of seeing everything and of liking only to get what we see and touch and handle is a poor instinct of beasts and birds. But the principle of living upon which I cannot see and is something that I can believe. That's a worthy of a man, a mature person. As much as man is higher than the beast, so much and yet more a thousandfold is the life of faith superior to that of just seeing and mere sight. What a poor, miserable, ignorant belief this would be if we just lived by sight. And when you believe in what God reveals and you come to walk by faith, how your information expands, how the problems get solved, and how the incomprehensible is understood. You begin to comprehend things in a way that you never would have done had you just walked only by sight. Now, you can understand the trials and troubles that come to you. You can understand the complexity of your nature and the inward conflicts that you feel. You could never have done this on the principle of sight. But believing what God says, you have got, you've come to a state in which you have become educated and taught until you become wise in the Lord and you are able to have fellowship with the only wise God. 
And let me add again, the principle of sight is a very changeable one. You can see well enough, you know, in the day. That's why some of us uh, kind of uh, don't look like the sunset at 4.30. <laughs> we like to see it in the day. It's hard to see at night. We don't like to drive at night. It's well enough to talk about walking by sight in the light, but what do you do when the darkness comes? Uh, he who walks by faith can walk in the sunlight as well as you can, for he walks with God. And God has enlightened his eyes, but he can walk in the dark as you cannot, for his light is still shining upon him. And so he trusts in the unseen and the invisible, and the soul rejoices when present things are passed away. You see, walking by sight says, I, uh, is just this, I believe in myself. Walking by faith is, faith is, I believe in God. If I walk by sight, I walk by myself. If I walk by faith, then there are two of us. And the second one is the great all-in-wall God who is all-sufficient. You see, in living by sight, you have to get your own wisdom, your own judgment, your own strength to guide you. And when you get into trouble, you must be your own deliverer, your own comforter, your own helper, or else you must run into somebody who's as weak as you are, and they will send you to a deeper time of trouble. But when you walk by faith, should there seem to be a mistake? You've not made it. Should anything seem to go wrong? Uh, you did not steer the ship. And if the ship, ship should run aground, you're not answerable. You'll not be blamed. Uh, it's yours to be watchful and careful and to believe that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. But besides this, we know that nothing can go wrong while God is in the vessel. Now, we've contrasted these two principles. Let me just close by noticing the caution implied. The caution implied. We walk by faith. That's what Paul says here. And then he adds a negative, not by sight. The caution is never mix the two principles. Some of you will not know what I'm talking about, but I'll try to make you understand it. Some of you are activated in what you do by something you can see. You can see your children. You can work for them. You can see the money. You strive for that. You can see such and such temporal good. You seek after that. But a genuine Christian believes God and lives to God. A Christian is, uh, lives as if there were a God. So why do we live as if there isn't a God? A Christian believes in the hereafter. We say we do. But we live as if there is no hereafter. But the Christian lives as if there is one. The Christian believes in sin, and we say we do, and yet we never weep about it. And while the Christian lives as if sin were disease, and he could not bear it. You know, we say we believe in Christ the Savior, but we live as if we don't believe him. Christian lives upon his belief that there is a Savior, and all that he does is affected and acted upon not by what he sees, but what he does not see and yet believes. He walks according to faith. You said you trusted in Christ. Well, that's good. That's the beginning. 
But then uh, when you said you were afraid, you're not saved because you're unhappy. On the other hand, then you've started walking by sight, not by faith. You're walking by sight. Now, there's three important words. It is written. I want you to, you know, those three words are very important. That's the foundation upon which we can rest for our salvation for. God has said it. It's not, it's not I have experienced it. There are often times when we're, we're afraid that our experience is a delusion, but if we say God has said it, it is written, we can never be afraid. Now, I believe the lesson is this, that is if we, I said we, take heed to one thing, we must be sure to walk by faith and walk, uh, walk by the right faith. I mean, we must be sure it's faith in Jesus Christ. If we put faith in our dreams, as some people do, or in anything that we thought we saw when we were walking, in a voice we thought we heard in the clouds, or uh, texts of Scripture that come to mind, if we put our faith in anything but Christ, I don't care how good it may be or how bad it may be, we must be aware that for such a faith uh, as that will give way, we may have a very strong faith in everything else but Christ and perish. Listen, it's easy to live by sight. It's easy for a pastor to live by sight. You know, to live by sight rather than by faith. It's easy to look at the tendons that we have. You know, that's living by sight. It's easy to look at the offering versus the budget. That's fall, it's falling short. More would be great. It's easy to look at the financial report and live by sight. It's easy to look at the invitation altar and live by sight. But that is those of us who are God's children. We're to live by faith, not by sight. We need to rest in the Lord, depend upon the blood and righteousness of Jesus Christ, and realize that's all we need. Rest holy in him with our whole weight of our soul and spirit, and then there shall be no fear that what we shall see in is God's face with acceptance. I trust God will teach us uh, faith on the right principle, and we may walk by it, not by sight, and the Lord will give us that reward which is given to those who walk by faith in the living God. Colossians 2.6 says this, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. If you trusted Christ as your Savior by faith, you said, I believe it. Okay, now walk it. How'd you get saved? By faith. How are you living? I hope it's by faith. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to live by faith. And it's easy to just get sidetracked and only live by what we see. But Lord, you've told us to put our faith and our trust in you. Thank you for this opportunity to, to share these principles with one another this evening in these, uh, these passages. Help us to live by faith. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.